Hi, my name is Jeff Pagano, and thanks for tuning in to the Harpen on Rugby podcast. HarpenOnRugby.net is an unofficial fan site for Leinster and Ireland rugby, with regular coverage of the latest news and opinion via Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and of course this pod. If you haven't already, please subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts as well as a host of other platforms. This is the seventh episode of our new feature we call the Pod of Three, where we share clips from the best independent rugby podcasts. For this episode, we're going to travel back in time to the start of the COVID lockdown period. What the Ruck reminds us what it's like to preview actual rugby matches as they look to head to England v. Ireland in the Six Nations. The Mall Over podcast tries to remind us of the controversial incidents we love to harp on as they make sense of the whole Joe Marler, Alan Wynne-Jones kerfuffle. And finally, just as we were beginning to get used to the no rugby stay-at-home restrictions, Talking Rugby Union were helping to promote the important issue of mental health awareness by introducing a partnership with the Loose Heads Foundation. As always, you'll find all the relevant links to their full shows in the program notes. Many thanks to all the producers for allowing us to use their content. So without any further ado, here's today's Pod of Three. Hello, 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 and welcome to uh, What The Rock Podcast. Uh, I'm Andy. I'm joined here by Niall. Hello. And David. Hello. And then the match that I'd imagine will pique our interest the most, uh, the England-Ireland match, um, mm. being played at Twickenham. Um, so that's there for England. Um, so now you've already said that you think that uh, England might... Uh, do you say that England, you think England might win that one? I'm quite afraid that if, if Ireland don't start well and our pack doesn't front up, seriously front up in the first 20 minutes, that this could get ugly. I, I hope I'm wrong. God, I hope I'm wrong. But I think the Irish front five and back row, they have the ground, Otoje and um, George and Vinopola and Sinclair, they have to knock them back in the first 15 minutes because that, that performance in Twickenham, the World Cup warm-ups last year, will be playing on everybody's mind going over there. And if England get on the front foot, it could be a long, long afternoon. I like Honestly, yeah, I, I think England, I hope, I hope not more than seven points, but I could see it being between, I don't know, maybe 12 to 18 points. Okay. Interesting. Um, well, I, I, my concern is that beating Scotland in in a game that really didn't teach anybody anything, um, aside from bring, don't, bring don't, an umbrella, don't go to Scotland and take an umbrella. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I, I, I think it kind of legitimised Eddie Jones's thinking with his back row and all of that stuff, um, and that worries me a bit. That he's like, okay, great, so I'm justified now in picking you know an eight out of position and so it turns it depends on who, who who he picks really i think if he carries on the same line i think i think the irish pack will um will take us apart um and we'll be yeah found one thing just like oh look i would i would love i would love to see uh jones pick the same back row against ireland i think if he exactly. picks hughes at eight and he bulks up the back row a little bit and then gets that front five. I think Cruz in the second row, the Toje, the front row picks itself. If he fleshes out the back row, I think Ireland would have a tough day. I would love to see three number sevens in the back row against Ireland. I think Ireland can live with that. Yeah, I agree with that. Hello, good evening and welcome to this week's Morning Podcast. The Uni Rugby Podcast gives you all the news, views and opinion on the weekend's rugby action, all with a West Country accent. You can- I am joined this week by uh, Rastafari Ben is back, not with braided hair and beads, unfortunately. Um, I'm also joined as as usual by Houseboy's favourite farm vet. How you doing, Phil? 
Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Um, I've got to, I've got to uh, compliment you, Russ. That's probably the best start you've ever done. 180 really? episodes in, and you've got it. <laughs> and we all, we've all seen it. It's all, it's all been there. I think we're all going to have very, uh, not even slight. I think we're all going to have fairly differing opinions on this. Um, so the incident that we're referring to is obviously Joe Marler having a little. Uh, fondle uh, a touch a grab i've seen lots of different descriptions of what happened um of alan jones's uh, gentleman's fancy to be partridge about it and then the reaction the reaction afterwards so and the re- and we can talk the reaction of twitter the reaction of the media the reaction of the world which which seems to have, have gone absolutely crazy. Um, and I've read everything from nothing in it to he should be charged with sexual assault, which the whole spectrum and, and everything in between of this, which I find absolutely, absolutely crazy. So let's let's Ben, we'll start I'll start with you what do you what are your thoughts what are your personal thoughts when you think about this incident in isolation i think the only person that's come out of it with really any credit is alan Wynne jones um i thought i thought he could he could have chinned him for a start and i thought that press conference thought he handled it pretty well i think i don't think that there was any to call it sexual assault is is an absolute overreaction isn't it but and, and there was an interesting article by Sam Roberts, I don't know if you read it, where he said, you know, Marla's looking for a, a sort of comic angle and everything. And I think that is where he was coming from. But it was very ill-advised. Um, and he shouldn't have done it. Twitter has gone absolutely crazy. Some people are saying there's nothing wrong with it at all. Well, something happens to a friend of yours out in town and that happens to them. Would you be very happy about it? I'd say not. Hello and welcome to the Loose Heads podcast. Brilliant to have this introduced for the first time ever. This is an association with Talking Rugby Union and I'm glad to say on the line remotely in self-isolation we have the three founders of Loose Heads, Mark, Dave and Rob. How are you doing guys? You all right? Very well, thanks. Right now it's a really important um, time for mental health and mental health issues are in the spotlight once again and Loose Heads is a fantastic foundation which, which matches both of the and mental health together. So Mark, why did you guys first come up with the idea of Loose Heads? Probably take us back to uh, May 2017. I'd just played my last game of rugby ever. I used to think I could influence a game on the pitch. Dawning realisation I hadn't influenced any game for the last decade and I needed to go and burden my boots. And um, and I'd had, I'd had a lovely, wondrous journey through rugby's meandering path. And um, I didn't want to leave it all behind. So I pressed gang Dave and Rob into, into helping me. It was just an idea at that time. Uh, as I surveyed my home rugby club at Winslow's first team pitch and just remembered all the lads that I'd met who'd had a bit more of a, a wobble in life than, than just, a, you know, I was having a crap time. They'd had what I probably look back now and think that they'd, they'd had close to it, if not, an actual diagnosable mental health issue. Um, so I always wanted to keep involved in the game that's given me everything. And, and that was the germ of the idea. Splendidly, D- 
Dave and Rob uh, grabbed that idea by the, by the lapels and made it progressively into the thing it is today. It's one of those things where kind of myself and people around me always absolutely loved the game, but equally I've known quite a few people who have had that little wobble in life and not always been sort of where they wanted to be mentally. So kind of for me, it was a great opportunity to take two things, you know, something I was really passionate about, something that meant a lot to me try and turn it into something really positive, really. And kind of, I think we always love that contrast with rugby, that you have these people who go out onto the field every week and battle physically, you know, almost kind of trying to hide these physical pains as they go through a game. But then off the field, showing that kind of sort of softer side, struggles they might be having, you know, that contrast to me is sort of, why we do it and why we think rugby is so important to what we do. That's it for now. If those great productions aren't already in your weekly rotation, be sure and add them right away. If you go back one on the main feed, we have the 50th episode of the full Harpen and Rugby podcast, where I look back at Leinster's 19 wins from 19 before the lockdown. We also recently put all of these pods of three on SoundCloud, so why not check that out for all of the clips we've shared so far. As always, you'll find all of our latest content on harpandrugby.net. Until the next time, stay safe, everyone. Slán.